And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West in the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is January the 5th. And it's the... There's 360 days remaining until the end of the year. For those that flunk modern math, this is the fifth day of the year. The, uh, a lot of things happen on this day in history. 1757, Louis XV of France survived an assassination attempt by Robert Francois Damiens became the last person to be executed in France by being drawn and quartered. That's the traditional form of capital punishment used for those who tried to kill the, the ruler. 1781, American Revolution, Richmond, Virginia, is burned by British naval forces led by none other than Benedict Arnold. The uh, 1822, the government of Central America, Votes for total annexation to the first Mexican Empire. 1895, French Army officer Alfred Dreyfus stripped of his rank and sentenced to life imprisonment on Devil's Island. And what was his crime? In actuality, it was being a Jewish officer. He was eventually pardoned, I think. The... uh, 1919, on this date, the German Workers' Party, which later became known as the Nazi Party, is founded in Munich. 1941, one of the mysteries of history, Amy Johnson, a 37-year-old pilot and the first woman to fly solo from London to Australia, disappeared after bailing out of her plane over the River Thames. She was presumed dead, but they never found a body, never found a parachute, never found anything. Another unsolved mystery. 1945, the Soviet Union recognized a new pro-Soviet provisional government of the Republic of Poland. 1949, in his State of Union address, President Truman unveiled what he called his Fair Deal Program, which had a lot of, um, well, let's call it pork, most of which were defeated in Congress. Enough things passed, you know, small things, to let him be able to point to it and say, I did that. The uh, 1957, in a speech given to Congress, President Eisenhower announced the establishment of what would be called the Eisenhower Doctrine. Uh, A Middle Eastern country could request American economic assistance or aid from U.S. military forces if it was being threatened by armed aggression. Specifically, this was directed toward the uh, the Soviets. But in actuality, it was another, let's tax our people and give the money away. That's only fair. The, uh, okay, let's see what else we got that might be worth discussing. 1972, President Nixon announced the uh, space shuttle program. 
the uh, 2005, the dwarf planet Eris is discovered by Palomar Observatory-based astronomers, later motivating the International Astronomical Union to define the term planet for the first time. And 2014 saw the launch of the communication satellite GSAT-14 aboard the GSLV Mark um, 2D5 marks the first successful flight of a Indian cryogenic engine. Everybody's getting into the act, don't you know? In our last show, we talked about vampires, werewolves, and things that go bumping at night. And, you know, there are quite a number of, I call them creatures of the night, who have uh, made an impact on humanity. And even though science insists these things don't exist, in actuality, there's a lot, every culture has stories of these creatures. And then, uh, in Asia, rooted in older folklore, the modern belief in vampires spread throughout that uh, Asia with tales of ghoulish entities from the mainland to stories of vampiric beings from the islands. Then uh, in the Philippines, we have legends of female vampire-like beings who can detach parts of their upper body. These occur in the Philippines, Malaysia, and Indonesia. The two main vampire-like creatures in the Philippines, the Tagalog and Darugo, known or translated as bloodsucker, and the Visayan Mananagal, the segmenter. Um, the Mandarugo is a variety of the uh, Aswang that takes the form of an attractive girl by day and has wings and a long holler, thread-like tongue at night. The tongue is used to suck the blood from a sleeping victim. Then we have the Malaysian Penangalan, which may be either a beautiful old or young woman who obtained her beauty through the active use of black magic or some other natural means. Most commonly described in local folklore to be dark and demonic in nature able to detach her fanged head that flies around in the night looking for blood, typically from pregnant women. Malaysians would uh, hang uh, thistles around the doors and windows of their houses, hoping the uh, Benangalon wouldn't enter for fear of catching its intestines on the thorns. And uh, the Liak is a similar being from Balinese folklore. It's a uh, a woman who uh, died during childbirth and became undead, seeking revenge and terrorizing entire villages. She appeared as an attractive woman with long black hair that covered a hole in the back of her neck with which she uh, sucked the blood of children. Filling the hole with her hair would drive her off. Corpses uh, had their mouths filled with glass beads Eggs under each armpit, needles in their palms to prevent them from becoming langsir. Then we have the Jiangxi, also called the Chinese vampire. 
These are reanimated corpses that hop around, killing living creatures to absorb life essence from their victims. It is said to be created when a person's soul fails to leave the deceased body. However, some have disputed the comparison of the Jiangxi with vampires as they're usually mindless creatures, no independent thought. An unusual feature of this particular monster is its greenish-white furry skin, perhaps derived from fungus or some kind of mold that grows on corpses. They, uh, the Jiangxi legends have inspired a genre of Jiangxi films and literature in Hong Kong and Eastern Asia. You know, in modern belief, the vampire tends to be depicted as a suave, charismatic villain. Despite the general disbelief in vampiric entities, occasional sightings of vampires are still reported. Vampire hunting societies still exist, although they're largely formed for social reasons as opposed to tracking down the vampire. Allegations of vampire attacks swept through the African country Malawi during the late 2002 and early 2003 with mobs stoning one individual to death and attacking at least four others, including Governor Eric Chihuahua, based on the belief that the government was colluding with the vampires. In the 1970, local press spread rumors that a vampire haunted Highgate Cemetery in London. Amateur vampire hunters flocked in large numbers to the cemetery. A number of books have been written about the case, notably by uh, Sean Manchester, a local man who was among the first to suggest the existence of the so-called Highgate vampire, and who later claimed to exercise and destroyed a whole nest of vampires in that area. January 2005, rumors circulated that an attacker had bitten a number of people in Birmingham, England, fueling concerns about a vampire roaming the streets. However, local police stated that uh, no such crime had been reported and the case appears to be just an urban legend. In 2006, a physics professor at the University of Central Florida wrote a paper arguing that it was uh, mathematically impossible for vampires to exist based on geometric progression. According to the paper, if the first vampire appeared January 1st, 1600, and it fed once a month, which is less often than what is depicted in films and folklore. Uh, and every victim turned into a vampire, then within two and a half years, the entire human population of the time would have become vampires, most of whom went to work for the taxing authorities. The paper made an attempt to address the credibility of the assumption that uh, every vampire victim would turn into a vampire. One of the most notable cases of vampiric uh, entities in the modern age, the chupacabra of Puerto Rico and Mexico is said to be a creature that feeds on the flesh or drinks the blood of domesticated animals, leading some to consider it a kind of vampire. Chupacabra hysteria was frequently associated with deep economic and political crisis, particularly during the mid-1990s. In Europe, which where much of the vampire folklore originates, the vampires used to consider it a fictitious being, although many communities may have embraced the revenant for economic purposes. In some cases, especially in small localities, uh, vampire superstition is still rampant. And sightings or claims of vampire attacks occur quite often. In Romania, during February 2004, several relatives of Toma Petri feared that he had become a vampire dug up his corpse, tore out his heart, burned it, and mixed the ashes with water in order to drink it. 
vampirism and the vampire lifestyle also res uh, represent a relevant part of modern days occultist movements. The mythos of the vampire, his magical qualities, allure, and predatory archetype express a strong symbolism that can be uh, used in ritual, energy work, and magic, and can even be adapted as a spiritual system. Vampire's been part of uh, <clears throat> the occult society in Europe for centuries and has spread into the American subculture as well for more than a decade, being strongly influenced by and mixed with the neo-Gothic aesthetics. In his 1931 treatise on the, the Nightmare, Welsh psychoanalyst Ernst Jones asserted that vampires are symbolic of several unconscious drives and defense mechanisms. Emotions such as love and guilt and hate fuel the idea of the return of the dead to the grave. Desiring a reunion with loved ones, mourners may project the ideas that the recently dead must return, um, must in return yearn for the same reunion. And from this arises the belief that folkloric vampires and revenants visit relatives, particularly their spouses, first. In cases where there's unconscious guilt associated with the relationship, though, the wish for a union may be severed by anxiety. And this can lead to uh, repression, which Sigmund Freud linked with the uh, development of morbid dread. Jones surmised in this particular case, the original wish of a sexual union may be drastically changed. Desire is replaced by fear, love is replaced by sadism, and the object of a loved one is replaced by an unknown entity. Sexual aspect may or may not be present. Some modern uh, critics have proposed a simpler theory. People identify with immoral vampires, immortal vampire, I can't talk, uh, because by doing so, they overcome, at least temporarily, escape from their own fear of dying. The innate sexuality of bloodsucking can be seen in its uh, intrinsic connection with cannibalism and folkloric uh, one with uh, incubus-like behavior. Many legends report various beings draining other fluids from victims, and unconscious association with semen being, semen being obvious. Finally, Jones notes that when more normal aspects of sexuality are repressed, repre regressed forms can be expressed, in particular sadism. He felt that overall sadism is integral in the vampiric behavior. Then we have polit political interpretation. You know, the reinvention of the vampire myth in modern era is not without political overtones. Aristocratic Count Dracula, alone in his castle, apart from a few demented retainers appearing only at night to feed on his pe the peasantry, is symbolic of the parasitic ancient regime. In his entry for vampires in the, the Dictionary Philosophique, um, and don't rush out to your bookstore looking for it. It was published in 1764. Voltaire notices how the end of the 18th century coincided with the decline of the folkloric belief in the existence of vampires, but uh, that now there were stock jobbers, brokers, and men of business who sucked the blood of the people in broad daylight, and they weren't dead, though they were corrupted. These uh, true suckers... Uh, live not in cemeteries, but in very agreeable palaces. Uh, Marx similarly uh, 
famously defined capital as dead labor, which vampire-like lives only by sucking living labor, and lives the, the more the more labor it sucks. And one more time, lives the more and more labor it sucks. Das Kapital, Marx repeatedly refers to capital as a vampire because of its monstrous metabolism, uh, according to the German philosopher and revolutionary. In fact, capital is capable at once of sucking living labor out of the workers and transforms them into an integral, integral part of itself. Werner um, Horzog, in his Nosfera to the Vampire, gives this political interpretation an extra ironic twist when protagonist Jonathan Harker, a middle-class solicitor, becomes the next vampire. In this way, the capitalist bourgeois becomes the next parasitic class. Then we've got psychopathology. Um, number of murderers that perform seemingly vampiric rituals on their victims. Serial killers Peter Curtin and Richard Trenton Chase were both called vampires in the tabloids after they were discovered drinking the blood of the people they murdered. And similarly, in 1932, an unsolved murder case in Stockholm, Sweden, was nicknamed the Vampire Murder because of the circumstances of the victim's death. The late 16th century Hungarian countess and mass murderer Elizabeth Bathory became particularly infamous in later centuries, um, which depicted her bathing in her victim's blood in order to retain beauty or youth. And in fact, according to the story that I read about uh, the countess, she was actually sealed in her quarters in her family castle. Never allowed out again. Uh, fed through a um, hole in what had been the door. Vampire lifestyle is a term for a contemporary subculture of people largely within the goth subculture who consume the blood of others as a pastime. Drawing from the rich recent history of popular culture related to called symbolism, horror films, and fiction by authors such as Anne Rice and the styles of Victorian England. Active vampirism within the vampire subculture includes both blood-sucking vampirism, commonly referred to as sanguine vampirism, and psychic vampirism, or the supposed feeding from um, piranic uh, energy of the victim. Well, at that point... We're going to step away from vampires and talk about another creature of the night. Werewolf. And the, the a werewolf, also known as a lycanthrop, is a mythological or folkloric human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf or a terranthropic um, um, hybrid wolf-like creature either purposefully after being placed under a curse or some kind of affliction, such as the bite or scratch by another werewolf. Werewolf's a widespread concept in uh, European folklore existing in many variants that are related by a uh, common development of a Christian interpretation of underlying Indo-European mythology, which developed during the medieval period. From the early modern period, werewolf belief also spread to the New World with colonialism. The belief in werewolf developed parallel to the belief in witches in the course of the late Middle Ages and the early modern period. And like the witchcraft trials 
as a whole, the trial of supposed werewolves emerged in what is now Switzerland, especially the Valais and the Gaud in the early 15th century and spreads throughout Europe in the 16th, peaked in the 17th and subsided by the 18th. Persecution of werewolves and the associated folklore is an integral part of the witch hunt phenomena, although a marginal one. Uh, accusations of werewolfery being involved in only a small fraction of witchcraft trials. There were allegations that they could shapeshift, but that was usually into other things besides the werewolf. During the early period, accusations of lycanthropy were mixed with accusations of wolf riding or wolf charming. Case of Peter Stump in 1589 led to a so we were a peak in both interest in and persecution of supposed werewolves, primarily in French-speaking and German-speaking Europe. Phenomenon persisted longest in Bavaria and Austria with persecution of wolf charmers recorded until well after 1650. Final case actually took place in the early 18th century in Carinthia and Australia. After the end of the wolf trials, the werewolf became of interest in folklore studies and in the emerging Gothic horror genre. Werewolf fiction as a genre has uh, pre-modern precedents in medieval romances and develops in the 18th century out of the semi-fictional chapbook tradition. Trappings of horror literature in the 20th century became part of the horror and fantasy genre of modern pop, cu modern pop culture. Now, the, the word werewolf con contains a late Old English wolf compound of... Uh, Adult male human and wolf. Beware is the adult male human and wolf. W L F is wolf. The only uh, old High German testimonies in the form of a given name. Though in early Little High German, werewolf was found in Burchard of Worms and Berthold of Regensburg. Word of concept that occurred in modern. In medieval German poetry of fiction, gaining popularity only from the 15th century. Middle Latin, um, Garulfus, Anglo Norman, uh, Garwolf. You know, there's a, there's a number of different um, forms that have basically the same meaning. You know, Old Norse had the cognate Valifer, but because of the high importance of werewolves in North mythology, or alternative terms such as um, Hillel, meaning one in the wolf skin, referring to the uh, totemistic cultic adoption of wolf nature rather than the superstitious belief in actual shape-shifting. And, uh, you know, the term lycanthropy, referring both to the ability to transform oneself into a wolf and to the act of doing so, comes from ancient Greek. The word does occur in modern Greek, sources, but only in late antiquity, and only rarely, and only in the context of clinical lycanthropy described by Galen, where uh, the patient had uh, the ravenous appetite and other qualities of a wolf. The Greek uh, word attained some currency only in uh, Byzantine Greek, featuring in the 10th century encyclopedia Suda. Now, the use of the Greek-derived lycanthropy in English occurs in uh, writing, beginning in the latter 16th century. The Greek and Germanic werewolf are parallel in as much as the concept of a shapeshifter becoming a wolf is expressed by 
means of a compound wolf man or man wolf. Latin and the Romance language don't appear to have a native term for the concept, but um, they got terms from the Greek, Germanic, or Slavic. In French, Luke Garou, the Garou is the in origin alone of Frankish werewolf, recharacterized with the French word uh, for wolf. You know, Spanish and Portuguese have the modern uh, loan translations, Ombre Lobo and Lobisomen, respectively. Also, uh, you know, the Italian has the Greek, uh, the Cantropo, in learned or literary context. Italian folklore uses the term uh, Lupo Monaro. Later Italian term, however, doesn't necessarily denote a werewolf, but more often concerns stories of enormous and man-eating, but not supernatural wolves. Romanian loan, the Slavic term is Varkolak. You know, the werewolf folklore found in Europe harks back to a common development during the Middle Ages, rising in the context of uh, Christianization. The associated interpretations of pre-Christian mythology and Christian terms. Underlying common origin can be traced back to the Proto-Indo-European mythology, where lycanthropy is reconstructed as an aspect of the initiation of the uh, into the warrior class. This is reflected in Iron Age Europe and the Turkriya depictions from the Germanic sphere. And the concept of the werewolf in Western and Northern Europe is uh, strongly influenced by the role of the wolf in German paganism. The uh, eventually becoming the French Luke Carew, which was alone uh, from the Germanic terms. But there are related traditions in other parts of Europe which were not necessarily influenced by Germanic tradition, especially in uh, Slavic Europe and the Balkans possibly in areas bordering the Indo-European sphere, such as the Caucasus. In his Man of the Wolf in 1948, Robert Eisler tried to cast the Indo-European tribal names, meaning wolf or wolfmen, into terms of the European transition from fruit-gathering to predatory hunting. A few references to men changing into wolves are found in ancient uh, Greek literature and mythology. Herodotus, in his histories, wrote that the uh, Nuriad, a tribe he places in northeastern uh, Scythia, were all transformed into wolves once every year for several days, and then they would change back to their human shape. In 2nd century B.C., the Greek geographer Pausanias relates the story of Lycaon, who was transformed into a wolf because he ritually murdered a child. In accounts by the Bibliotheca and Ovid, uh, Lycaon uh, serves human flesh to Zeus, wanting to know if he's really a god. Lycaon's transformation is therefore punishment for a crime, considered variously as murder, cannibalism, and impiety. Ovid also relates stories of men who roamed the woods of Arcadia in the forms of wolf. In addition to Ovid, other Roman writers also mentioned lycanthropy. Virgil wrote of human beings transforming into wolves. Pliny the Elder relates two tales of lycanthropy. Quoting Euanthes, he mentions a man who hung his clothes on an ash tree and swam across an Arcadian lake, which transformed him into a wolf. On a condition he attacks no human being for nine years, he'd be free to swim back across the lake to resume human form. 
And Pliny also quotes uh, Agriopus regarding a tale of a man who was turned into a wolf after tasting the entrails of a human child, what was restored to human form ten years later. In the Latin work of prose, the Satyricon, written about 60 uh, A.D. by Gaius Petronius Arbiter, one of the characters, the Seros tells a story at a banquet about a friend who turned into a wolf. He described the incident. Uh, he said, when I looked for my buddy, I see he'd stripped and pulled his, uh, pull, piled his clothes by the roadside. He pees in a circle around his clothes, and just like that, turns into a wolf. After he turned into a wolf, he started howling and ran off into the woods. In the 5th century, even Procopius recorded a werewolf fight in the Roman army. He said, and with him 800 others perished after showing themselves brave men in this struggle. And almost all the Saurians um, fell with their leaders without even daring to lift their weapons against the enemy. For they were thoroughly inexperienced in this business since they had recently left off form, uh, farming and entered into the perils of warfare, which before that time were unknown to them. And yet just before these very men had been uh, most uh, furious all for battle because of their ignorance of warfare and were then reproaching Belisarius with a cowardice. They were not, in fact, all the Saurians, but the majority of them were Lycaeans. In other words, the majority of them were uh, had previously been wolves or werewolves. Now, there was apparently not a widespread belief in werewolves in medieval Europe before the 14th century though there were no doubt a few examples prior to that time. There were some examples of man-wolf transformations in the court literature of the time, notably Marie de France's uh, poem, uh, Miss Clavert, about uh, 1200 A.D., was the noblewoman, uh, excuse me, the nobleman uh, Bazuna, for reasons not described in the poem, had, in, had to transform into a wolf every week. When his treacherous wife stole his clothing that he needed to restore him to a human form, he escaped the king's wolf hunt by imploring the king for mercy and accompanying the king after that. His behavior in the court uh, was so much gentler than when his wife and her new husband appeared at court that his hateful attack on the couple was deemed justly motivated. The truth was revealed once and for all. The German word werewolf uh, was first recorded by Burkhard von Worms in the 11th century, and then again in the 13th by Berthold of Regensburg. It's not found in any medieval German poetry or fiction prior to that. References to werewolves are also rare in early British literature, presumably because whatever significance the wolfmen of Germanic paganism had carried, the associated belief and practice had been successfully repressed after Christianization. Germanic pagan traditions associated with wolfmen persisted longest in the Scandinavian Viking Age. King Harold I of Norway is known to have had a body of warriors called uh, wolf-coated men, which were mentioned in the Venezuela uh, saga and the Volsunga saga and resemble, frankly, werewolf legends. The uh, 
Wolf-coated men were fighters similar to the berserkers. Well, they drafted wolf hides rather than uh, those of bears and were reputed to channel the spirits of these animals to enhance their effectiveness in battle. Warriors were resistant to pain and killed viciously, much like wild animals. And the, uh, the wolf-coated men and the berserkers are closely associated with the Norse god Odin. Scandinavian tradition of this period may have spread to Rus, giving rise to the Slavic werewolf tales. 11th century Belarusian prince Yusyalu of uh, Polotsk is believed to be uh, werewolves. Capable of moving at superhuman speeds, as recounted in the tale of Igor's campaign. Situation uh, which was described during the medieval period gave rise to the dual form of werewolf folklore in uh, early modern Europe. On one hand, the Germanic werewolf, which became associated with the witchcraft panic from around 1400, and on the other hand, the, the Slavic werewolf, which became associated with the concept of the revenant of the vampire. Eastern werewolf vampires found in the folklore of Central and Eastern Europe, including Hungary, Romania, and the Balkans, where the Western werewolf sorcerers found in France, German-speaking Europe, and in the Balkans. Numerous reports of werewolf attacks and subsequent court trials in 16th century France. In some of the cases were clear evidence against the accused of both murder and cannibalism, but none of being associated with wolves. In other cases, people have been terrified by such creatures, such as the Giles uh, Garnier in uh, Dole in 1573, when there was clear evidence against what was believed to be a wolf, but none against the accused. And over time, the Luke Garou eventually uh, ceased to be regarded as a dangerous heretic and reverted to the pre-Christian notion of a man-wolf fiend. The Lubins, or the Lubins, were usually female and shy in contrast to the aggressive uh, loop guru. You know, werewolfery was a common accusation in witch trials throughout history and seen even in the Valet witch trials, one of the earliest such trials to take place in the first half of the 15th century. Likewise, in the Vaud, uh, child-eating werewolves were reported as early as 1448. Peak of attention to lycanthropy came in the late 16th to the early 17th century as part of the European witch hunts. A number of treatises on werewolves are written in France during the 1595 to 1650 period, showing the topic got much attention among the educated class, but there were a few tales found in the lower class. The werewolves were cited in 1598 in Anjou and teenage werewolf was sentenced to life imprisonment in Bordeaux in 1603. Henri Bourget wrote a lengthy chapter about werewolves in 1602. And the Vaud individuals uh, believed to be werewolves are convicted in 1602 and 1624. And uh, a treatise by a Vaud pastor in 1653 argued that Lecantre was purely an illusion. After this, the only further record of the Vaud Dates to 1670, a related tale of a boy who claimed he and his mother could change themselves into wolves, which was not really taken seriously. Beginning in the 17th century, witchcraft was uh, 
prosecuted by James I of England, regarded uh, Wawoofies as victims of delusion induced by a natural superabundance of melancholic. After 1650, belief in lycanthropy had mostly disappeared from French-speaking Europe, although there were still reports of extraordinary wolf-like creatures, such as the beast of Govendon that terrorized the general area of the former province of Gevaldon, which is now Rosaire in uh, south-central France. From the year 1764 to 1767, an unknown entity killed somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 men, women, and children. The only part of Europe that showed vigorous interest in werewolves after 1650 was the Holy Roman Empire. By 1700, it was neither holy, Roman, or an empire. At least nine works on Lucantra were printed in Germany between 1649 and 1679. and the Austrian and Bavarian Alps, belief in werewolves persisted well into the 18th century. And I'm told there's still a belief today in certain areas. Until the 20th century, wolf attacks on humans were unoccasional, but still a widespread feature of life in Europe. Some scholars suggested it was inevitable that wolves, being the most feared predator in Europe, would project it into the folklore of evil shapeshifters. And this is said to be corroborated by the fact that the areas devoid of wolves typically use different kinds of predator to fill the niche, such as the hyena in Africa, were tigers in India as well as were pumas and were jaguars in southern uh, South America. One idea is explored in Sabine Baring Gould's work, The Book of Werewolves, and is that uh, werewolf legends may have been used to explain serial killings. Maybe the most famous example is the case of Peter Stump, executed in 1589, the German farmer and alleged serial killer and cannibal, also known as the werewolf of Bedburg. Well, there are those that say that lycanthropy does exist, but rather than being some type of magical curse, it's actually a medical condition that can be treated just like any other medical condition. And certainly that would um, be a logical explanation. Now, low to admit that there might be something unknown to science lurking in the shadows. Some modern researchers have tried to explain the reports of werewolf behavior with recognized medical conditions. Dr. Lee Illis of Guy's Hospital in London wrote a paper in 1963 called uh, On Porphyria and the Etiology of Werewolves, in which he argues that historical accounts of werewolves could have, in fact, been referring to victims of con congenital porphyria, stating how the symptoms of photosensitivity, reddish teeth, and psychosis could have uh, been grounds for accusing a sufferer of being a werewolf. Now, the facts as presented by Ellis were argued against by Woodward, who points out how mythological werewolves are almost inevitably portrayed as resembling true wolves, and their human forms were rarely physically conspicuous as porphyria victims. Others have pointed out the possibility that historical werewolves might have been sufferers of hypertrichosis, a hereditary condition manifesting itself in excessive hair growth. After exploring this possibility, 
would we dismiss the idea as the rarity of the disease ruled it out from happening on a large scale. At the same time, werewolf cases were widespread across medieval Europe. So unless we had something similar to COVID that spread person to person to person very quickly, it probably wouldn't explain uh, the many werewolf cases. People suffering from Down syndrome have been suggested with some scholars to have been possible originators of werewolf myths. Woodward suggested rabies might be the origin of werewolf beliefs, claiming uh, remarkable similarities between the symptoms of rabies and some of the legends. And he focused on the idea that being bitten by a werewolf could result in the victim turning into one, which suggested the idea of a transmittable disease like rabies. However, the idea that lycanthropy could be transmitted in this way is not part of the original myth and legend and only appears in relatively recent beliefs. Now, the beliefs classed together of lycanthropy are far from uniform, and the term is somewhat capriciously applied. The transformation may be temporary or permanent. The were-animal may be the man himself metamorphosed and maybe his double whose activity leaves the real man to all appearances unchanged. Maybe his soul, which goes forth seeking whom it may devour, leaving its body in a state of trance, or maybe no more than the messenger of the human being, a real animal or familiar spirit whose intimate connection with its owner is shown by the fact that any injury to it is believed by a phenomenon known as a repercussion to cause a corresponding energy, uh, injury to the human being. And then werewolves were said in European folklore to bear telltale physical traits, even in their human form. Those included the meeting of both eyebrows at the bridge of the nose, curved fingernails, low set ears, and a swinging stride. One method of identifying a werewolf in its human form is to cut the flesh of the accused based on the idea that fur would be seen inside the wound. Russian superstition states that a werewolf can be recognized by bristles under the tongue. The appearance of a werewolf in its animal form varies from culture to culture, though it's most commonly portrayed as being uh, indistinguishable from an ordinary wolf, save for the fact that it doesn't have a tail. It's often large and retain, retains human eyes and still has its voice. Everybody has a critic. Okay, I might point out that if you want more information about our current topic, go to Amazon and get my book, Vampires, Werewolves, and Things That Go Bump in the Night. There's a whole lot more information than what I have the time or the ability to do on the show. You know... When they return to their human forms, werewolves are usually documented as becoming weak, debilitated, and undergoing painful nervous depression. One universally reviled trait in medieval Europe was the werewolf's habit of devouring recently buried corpses. A trait that is uh, documented extensively, particularly in the Annals Medico-Psychologiques in the 19th century. Fennoscandian werewolves are usually supposed to be old women who possess poison-coated claws and had the ability to paralyze cattle and children with their gaze. I had a couple of teachers like that. Well, 
been a lot of discussion and writing about how to become a werewolf. You know, many were who sought power over their fellows or suffered from desires that went beyond the ordinary look for ways to be actually become werewolves. Various methods for becoming a werewolf have been reported, one of the simplest being the removal of clothing and putting on of a belt made of wolf skin, probably as a substitute for the assumption of an entire animal skin, which is sometimes uh, recommended. Other cases, the body is rubbed with a magic salve. Additionally, it's reported that drinking rainwater out of the footprint of the animal in question or from certain enchanted streams also considered effectual methods of accomplishing metamorphosis. 16th century Swedish writer Olaus Magnus says that the Livonian werewolves were initiated by draining a cup of specially prepared beer, repeating a set formula. And Ralston, in his songs to the Russian people, gives the form of the incantation still familiar in Russia today. In Italy, France, and Germany, it said that a man or woman could turn into a werewolf if he or she, on a certain Wednesday or Friday, slept outside on a summer night with the full moon shining directly on his and her face. <coughs> if that was the case, many members of our military would be werewolves. Other cases, transformation was supposedly accomplished by satanic allegiance for the most loathsome ends, often for the sake of eating a, or sating a craving for human flesh. Phenomena of repercussion, the power of animal metamorphosis, or of sending out a familiar, real or spiritual, as a messenger, and supernormal powers conferred by association with such a familiar is also attributed to the magician, male and female. All the world over. There are which superstitions uh, closely parallel to, if not identical with, lycanthropic beliefs. The occasional involuntary character of lycanthropy being almost the, the sole distinguishing feature. In another direction, the phenomenon of repercussion is asserted to manifest itself in connection with the, the bush soul of the West African and the, the Nagal of Central America. Though there is no line of demarcation to be drawn on logical grounds. The assumed power of the magician and intimate association of the bush soul or the Nagal or the human being are not truly termed lycanthropy. Nevertheless, it'll be well to touch on both these beliefs just for a moment. You know, the curse of lycanthropy was also considered by some scholars as being a divine punishment. Werewolf literature shows many examples of God or the saints allegedly cursing those who invoke their wrath with werewolfism. And such is the case of Lokaon, who turned into a wolf by Zeus's punishment for slaughtering one of his own sons and serving his remains to the god as a dinner. And those who were excommunicated by the Roman Catholic Church were also said to become werewolves. Um, as stated earlier, the power of transforming others into wild beasts was attributed not only to malignant sorcerers, but to uh, Christian saints as well. Honus Angeli, Boni et Mali, um, which the entire phrase translates as all angels, good and bad, have the power of transmuting our bodies, was the dictum of St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Patrick is said to have transformed the Welsh king Veridicus into a wolf. 
The town is supposedly cursed in an illustrious Irish family whose members of it were each doomed to be a wolf for seven years. Other tales, the divine agency is even more direct. In Russia, again, men supposedly became werewolves when incurring the wrath of the devil. You know, notable exceptions to the association of the and the devil comes from a rare and lesser-known account of an 80-year-old man by the name of Theus. 1692 in Jurgenburg, Livonia, Theus testified under oath that he and other werewolves were the hounds of God. He claimed more warriors went down into hell as to do battle with witches and demons, and their efforts ensured the devil and his minions didn't carry off the, the grain from the local failed cro uh, crops down to hell. He was steadfast in his assertions, claiming that werewolves in Germany and Russia also did battle with the devil's minions in their own versions of hell and insisted that when werewolves died, their souls were welcomed into heaven as reward for their service. He was ultimately sentenced to ten lashes for idolatry and superstitious belief. Now, various methods have existed for removing the werewolf curse. In antiquity, the ancient Greeks and Romans believed in the power of exhaustion and Curing people of lycanthropy. Victim be subjected to long periods of physical activity in the hope of being purged of the malady. This practice stemmed from the fact that many alleged werewolves would be left feeling weak and debilitated after committing depredations. Medieval Europe, traditionally, there were said to be three methods one could use to cure a victim of werewolfism. Medicinally, usually via the use of wolfbane, surgically, or exorcism. However, many of the cures advocated by medieval medical practitioners proved fatal to the patients. The same belief of Arabic origin holds that a werewolf can be cured of its ailment by striking it on the forehead or scalp with a knife. The other belief came from the same culture, which involved the piercing of the werewolf's hands with nails. Sometimes, less extreme methods were used. In the German lowland of Selzig Holstein, a werewolf could be cured if one would simply address it three times by its Christian name, while one Danish belief held uh, simply scolding a werewolf would cure it, while it was sinking its teeth into your neck, I'm sure. Conversion to Christianity is also a common method for removing werewolfism in the medieval period. The devotion to St. Hubert has also been cited as both cure for and protection from recanthropy. That's uh, St. Hubertus, or Hubert, the first bishop of Liege. He was a Christian saint who was the patron saint of hunters, mathematicians, opticians, and metal workers. Known as the Apostle of the Ardennes, called upon to cure rabies until the early 20th century through the use of the traditional St. Herbert's Key. He was widely venerated during the Middle Ages. A conifery of his legends entangled with the uh, legend of uh, St. Eustace. Now, before the end of the 19th century, the Greeks believed that the corpses of werewolves, if not destroyed, would return to life. And, of course, they would come back in the form of wolves or hyenas, which prowled the battlefield drinking the blood of dying soldiers. In the same vein, in some rural areas of Germany, Poland, and northern France, it was once believed that people who died in mortal sin came back to life as blood-sucking wolves. These undead werewolves would return to their human corpse form at daylight. They were dealt with by decapitation with a spade and exorcism by the parish priest. Head would then be thrown into a stream where the weight of its sins 
is not to weigh it down. Sometimes the same methods used to dispose of ordinary vampires will be used. You know, a lot of this, these beliefs came about because of the belief that uh, Christianity and those that followed it had some special meaning, such as St. Uh, Hubertus being able to uh, cure werewolfism simply because he spoke for God. Now, the vampire is also linked to the werewolf in Eastern European countries, particularly Bulgaria and Serbia and Slovenia. In Serbia, the werewolf and the vampire are known collectively as Vukadlak. In Hungarian folklore, werewolves used to uh, live especially in the region of Transdanubia and was thought that the ability to change into a wolf was obtained during infancy due to suffering of abuse by the parents or by a curse. At age of seven, the boy or the girl leaves the home and goes hunting by night and can change to a person or wolf whenever he wants. Curse can also be obtained when in the adulthood the person passed three times through an arch made of a a birch with the help of a wild rose's spine. You know, werewolves were known to exterminate all kinds of farm animals, especially sheep. Massive die-off of sheep was one way to tell if a werewolf was on the prowl. Transformation time usually occurred in the winter solstice, eastern full moon. Later in the 17th and 18th century, trials in Hungary not only were conducted against witches, but against werewolves as well. And many records exist creating connections between both these creatures of the night. It should also be noted that vampires and werewolves are closely related in Hungary, being both feared um, in the antiquity. Among the South Slavs and also among the Kashubs of what's now northern Poland, there was a belief that if a child was born with hair, a birthmark, or a call on their head, they possessed shape-shifting abilities. Though capable of turning into any animal they wished, it was commonly believed that such people preferred to turn into a wolf. Hence, the werewolf. Serbian Vukodilaks additionally had the habit of Congregating annually in the winter months when they would strip off their wolf skins and hang them from trees. They then get a hold of another Vukodilak skin and burn it, releasing from its curse the Vodulak for whom the skin came. According to Armenian lore, there were women who, in consequence of deadly sins, are condemned to spend uh, seven years in wolf form. The typical account of a condemned woman is visited by a wolf skin toting spirit who's orders her to wear the skin, which causes her to acquire frightful cravings for human flesh shortly after that. When her better nature, with her better nature overcomes, the she-wolf devours each of her own children, then her relatives' children or in order of relationship and finally the children of strangers. She wanders about only at night with doors and locks springing open as she approaches. When morning arrives, she reverts to human form and removes her wolf skin. Transformation said to generally be involuntary, but there are alternative versions involving voluntary metamorphosis where the women can transform at will. The Nascapes believe that the, uh, the caribou afterlife is guarded by giant wolves which kill careless hunters venturing too near. The Navajo people feared witches in wolf's clothing called Mycob. 
You know, Woodward thought that these beliefs were due to the Norse colonization of the Americas. When the European colonization of the Americas occurred, the pioneers brought their own werewolf folklore with them and were later influenced by the lore of their neighboring colonies and those of the natives. Belief in the Loop Guru, present in Canada, the upper and lower peninsula of Michigan, upstate New York, originates from French folklore influenced by Native American stories on the Wendigo. In Mexico, there is a belief in a creature called the Nahul, which traditionally limits itself to stealing cheese and raping women rather than murdering indiscriminately. In Haiti, there's a superstition that werewolf spirits, known locally as Girouge, or Red Eyes, can possess the bodies of unwitting people and nightly transform them into cannibalistic lupine creatures. The Haitian Gerouge typically try to trick mothers into giving away their children voluntarily by waking them at night and asking their permission to take the child, to which the disoriented mother may either reply yes or no. The Haitian Gerouge differ from traditional European werewolves by the their habit of uh, actively trying to spread their lycanthropic condition to others, much like vampires. Well, on this note, we come to the end of today's show. We're going to do one more segment. <clears throat> one more segment tomorrow of vampires, werewolves, and things that go bump in the night. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show. Saying, have a truly great evening. And if you hear something outside your window, don't look.